Welcome to Oncology Data Advisor, where we explore the latest advances in cancer research and treatments. I'm Kira Smith. In this podcast, Allison Imahierbo, nurse practitioner at Hematology Oncology Physicians of Englewood, will be discussing strategies to optimize the management of patients with immune thrombocytopenia. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Kira. My name is Ali Imahierbo. I'm a nurse practitioner, and I practice at Hematology Oncology Physicians of Englewood and New Jersey, and I, pra- I practice um, by treating a variety of patients with benign and malignant hematology cancers. So what are some of the most challenging aspects of treating patients with immune thrombocytopenia or ITP? So I think that it's really twofold. Uh, the first most challenge, you know, the first challenging thing that comes to mind is the refractory patient, the patient that you've tried almost everything and nothing seems to work, and they have a low platelet count with concerns of bleeding symptoms, and you're really trying to figure out what to do next, and that's where, you know, combination therapy becomes very helpful. And then I think the second most challenging part of treating patients with ITP is really um, waiting for their platelet counts to improve and trying to reassure them in that process that they're going to be okay and that the likelihood of severe bleeding occurring in that time period is still low. What are some of the factors that go into the selection of treatment for patients with ITP? Well, I think lifestyle, comorbidities, um, you know, and the age of the patient, uh, you know, what other medical problems they have, if they have neuropathy, if they have a history of diabetes, those are all things that I think of um, quite a bit. Um, What kind of work do they do? Um, Do they have time to take off of work to receive certain treatments? Many of the ITP treatments are very, take all day. And so you're asking patients to miss almost a day of work, sometimes every week or every month. And that's not feasible for many people. Um, If it's a child, are they missing school for that time period? And that over the long haul, you know, in a patient with chronic ITP uh, becomes quite a burden and affects the quality of life. So mostly time, um, then expense is also a factor. Um, when it comes to ITP is the expense of the treatments and how well it's covered by their insurance plan. Are there any treatment considerations uh, that go into account for pregnant patients with ITP? So, yes. I mean, the treatment options are actually quite limited for pregnant women. You know, in particular, right now, they, the mainstay is actually treating with corticosteroids, so prednisone, and also, um, you know, we use IVIG in pregnancy. Uh, there has been some limited data showing that thrombopoietic agents can be used in pregnancy, but the sample size is quite small. Um, and so that's not routinely recommended at this time and would be more reserved for refractory patients. Um, you know, in particular, you really want to think about, um, you know, safe platelet count for delivery. What are some of the points that are important to address when counseling patients with ITP about their treatment plans? So I think the most important thing to counsel them about is that although that the number can seem quite low, usually patients with ITP have minor bleeding. And so the first thing I like to counsel my patients on are actually the true bleeding symptoms and what they mean. So, you know, what a platelet count of 50,000 means as far as what you see on your body. So for me, that would be mostly bruising. You know, if a patient has petechiae, then I, I think of the count being sometimes lower, you know, anywhere from 20 to 50. Whereas if they have, the patient has blood blisters in their mouth and blood in their urine, to me, that generally indicates a platelet count of less than 10,000. 
than most patients. So I like to spend a lot of time educating the patients on this so that they are not worried when they see bruises and they and they hold their concern for when they see more severe bleeding. Um, I think a lot of education up front goes a long way with these patients and helps them feel reassured. Because otherwise you have a patient that every Friday they want another platelet count because the weekend can be scary when they don't have access to their medical team and knowing what their platelet count's going to be. Um, and also a plan for what to do if they do see these symptoms, what the treatment plan is, um, how we're going to check the platelet count, how frequently, so on and so forth. Um, and then the other thing I like to educate my patients on is expectation for how long it takes for these treatments to work. So some treatments work quickly with steroids, often it's in days to weeks, whereas a treatment like rituximab, they may need to wait up to a month from completion to actually see an improvement in their platelet count. And it's really important to educate them. Otherwise, they're saying, why are you giving me this treatment that's not working? Um, whereas TPO agents, they you know, have a time frame of working within one to two weeks. What are some of the treatment considerations that should be taken into account in light of the COVID-19 pandemic? So, I mean, some of the things that I'm thinking about um, are, you know, in particular, what medications you give to a patient with ITP around the time of vaccination. So when we think about response to vaccination, if you're on an immunosuppressive medication, how well will you respond to um, the vaccine? And right now, response to COVID vaccine is really important for all of our patients because they want to be protected um, from COVID-19. So, um, you know, some considerations for medical practitioners is whether, you know, immunosuppressive medication should be held around COVID-19 vaccination what happens to the platelet count after vaccination. So there's very limited data about um, does the platelet count drop or not. There has been some research that shows that for most patients, the platelet count it remains stable around the time of COVID-19 vaccination. Um, and then finally, um, you know, it may be a factor to consider giving things like TPO agents um, because they, those will not interfere with um, immune response around the time of COVID-19 vaccination. An app um, for patients with ITP, that is a really great way for patients to track their symptoms. Sure. It's called Florio ITP. And this is an app that's been designed for patients to literally log their treatments and their platelet counts, and it's a way to track their symptoms. Because oftentimes our patients with ITP have pages and pages of treatments and platelet counts, and it can be hard for um, doctors and nurses to interpret what caused what and to follow. And so now with everything being digital, it's really nice to be able to have this application uh, for patients to track themselves. So I would encourage patients to check this out. Great. So thank you so much for sharing all this valuable information with us. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to Oncology Data Advisor. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss an episode. In addition to our podcast, the Oncology Data Advisor site features expert perspectives and news stories on the latest in cancer research and treatments, all found at oncdata.com. Mm-hmm.